2: I believe that we're we're live. We should be good to go. Welcome everybody to the NXT post show here at Fightful. I'm Steven Jensen, joined by Alex Pulowski. Make sure, as always, to shoot over a super chat if you want your statement or your question read out on the air. And there's a lot to get to tonight. So before we get into all that, Alex, how you doing tonight, man?
3: Uh good, man. I I this is one of those things where but prior to last week, I had never heard of a four-way 60-minute Iron Man match. Like, I had never considered it. And then they were like, oh, it's these four guys. So I was like, well, you don't have to worry about conditioning with those dudes. They could probably do a a 90-minute or 120-minute Iron Man match and be like, no, I'm good. Let's do it again tomorrow. So I, I didn't know what to expect as far as, like, how it was going to shake out. Um, it didn't shake out the way I thought it would. <laughs> But I was I was uh, just wrapped watching these four consummate professionals like work work their work their craft. Um, I I was I, this was as good as I could have expected it to be.
2: Yeah, I agree, and obviously everyone. We're gonna to get to the fatal four way ma- or the four way Ironman match. We'll talk about that kind of towards the end. Uh, we'll go kind of step by step throughout this show. But along with what you're saying, Alex, I mean, those four competitors, like there, it was an hour of straight working. Like there wasn't like any just standing around or you know just it was it was an hour of action, man. A half hour in, I was like, "There's still another half hour left." Are you kidding me?
3: Yeah. Yeah, no. It, when when it when it all when it all got down to one all with twenty minutes to go, I was like, I can't believe there's still twenty minutes to go.
2: Yeah, man.
3: Um, speaking
2: of super chats, I got a couple in already. I want to get to. So starting off with Giannis, eighteen point Kumpo. Uh, he says, "Can't wait for you guys to talk about check note sixty man Ironman match." According to <laughs> According to Big Joseph, yeah, that's funny. Big uh, Joseph. Oh man, speaking of Big Joseph. Uh, any quick thoughts on and departing the WWE?
3: It's sad, man. Like, they never – listen, I, I mean, every, ever since they, like, just, like, they dumped him down from SmackDown to, to NXT, and they said, well, here, do the Junior League. And he said, fine, I'm going to embrace this, and I will be the voice of, of, of an era of wrestling that is going – like, that for me was the greatest like that era Morrow calling NXT that era up until the last few months with with COVID and on USA and stuff. But like that last few couple of years on, on the uh, WWE network, that was just such great stuff. And, and I thought he added a lot to it because, because when you heard Morrow go crazy over something, you knew it was legit. Now, Were some of his crazy calls like, oh, my God, more more something than something pop culture reference number 12. Did they grate on me occasionally? Yes. But I thought it was certainly better than completely packaged uh, Michael Cole, Tom Phillips, and to a lesser degree, Vic Joseph. And having them say, okay, bye-bye, Morrow," to me seems like, oh, this is definitely now corporate NXT, because we got to have the packaged, perfect, polished guy who's never going to be weird and say things that people are going to be like, I don't understand what that reference is. No, no, it's just Vic Joseph just saying his thing. Vic Joseph is basically like somebody cloned Michael Cole and, and grew him out of a Petri dish and then stretched him out so he's six foot nine and, and very skinny and and then said, "This is now do this. Do the exact thing that the person we cloned you from does. And I'm like, that's that's interesting to me at all. So I'm I'm gonna miss Morrow and what he added and brought to NXT, mostly because I see him as the voice of that generation of NXT, which to me was the most fun I've had watching wrestling in my life.
2: Yeah, yeah, I echo everything you said. It's it's one of those things too. Like I'm, as you can see by my backdrop, I'm obviously big into mixed martial arts. So like Marwan Allo does great work with Bellator. He does great work with Showtime boxing. Like he did great work with new Japan while he was there. Like he's the kind of guy where like a lot of people were speculating, like what's going to happen tomorrow. And I'm like, well, i mean it's he definitely has no lack of opportunities like i know he, he deals with the mel- the mental health very heavily and it's something where um i don't know if that plays a factor into all of this um uh, but regardless i just want what's best for morrow i hope whatever he decides to do next he you know he really enjoys doing and uh and yeah it's uh it, it, it's it sucks as a fan of morrow though because i really did think he added a lot to nxt but but you're right every now and then he he hits hit you with like a he whips and nays him into the corner, and it's just yep. like, okay, like that's that's a little too much, but uh, but yeah, um, so shout out to Allah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I see him calling pro wrestling again soon because although he does great with the combat sports, he is really great for pro wrestling as well, in my opinion. So,
3: um, yeah. another
2: super chat here. T D Stinger says, "I understand why they did that finish since they have another Tuesday show to promote." still to have a 60 minute Ironman match with no winner is not something I can call a good decision. Alex, heat and six.
3: What do you uh, respond with that? Well, I, uh, I'll respond to heat and six. We'll we'll see what happens in, in game two, but, um, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's certainly something different. Um, I, I personally, I loved the finish. Now we'll see how much I love the finish. uh, ne- uh when we come down to it next week, what happens in that match? Um, uh, but but the way it was all laid out, the the, the perfect timing of all of it, um, I mean I I certainly enjoyed it, and I while I was watching the match, I loved every second of it. Now I see I get to the end and I go, well now, if you were just gonna do that, we we didn't need all the rest of it. But while I was watching it, I was totally into it, so I'm gonna give them a pass.
2: Yeah, same saying dude we're on the same page 100 i did see some people on twitter um i don't have it pulled up at the moment but i i saw quite a few people actually calling this ahead of time now i don't know if they had spoilers or like what the situation was but i saw people out there kind of like just watch like it'll be some sort of non-finish and and i'm sitting here thinking like i could see them doing that but at the same time like this is the first time this match has ever happened. And like, it would be great to see just a definitive winner. um, Especially because one of these two is going to win the belt next week anyways, theoretically. So.
3: um, Well, we'll, we'll talk about it when we, when we get to the end, but I, I I did love uh, William Regal turning like a straight up one-on-one match into like the most important thing ever. Yes. Sudden death. One fall to the finish. Sudden death. It will be sudden death, gentlemen. Sudden death. I know that most regular matches are also sudden death, but this one will be more deadly and more sudden. <laughs>
2: yes. Um. Some more Super Chats to get you. Thank you all so much for these, by the way. um. Just another reminder, anyone who sends a Super Chat, as you are hearing us right now, we will answer your questions and read out your statements. Justin Lopez with a Super Chat says... With so many guys in the match, a tie was an extremely high possibility, so I didn't mind the finish. So yeah, we're both kind of along those lines as well. Like yeah. I think we both would have liked the finish, but this is and un- it's understandable, and we'll definitely yeah. talk about that. Absolutely, thank you. Oh, and thank you again, Justin Lopez, for another super chat. Says and Morrow knew everyone's backstories better yeah. than any other play by plant. Yep, yep, I agree with you there. Um, see, that's the thing about Morrow that makes him so fun to listen to, especially when you see. Like I'm sure you've seen these and I'm sure a lot of people watching have seen these um, when they have like a camera on him during takeovers and stuff. yes. And he's just standing up and he's screaming and he's pointing and he's cheering. I mean, he's, he's like one of us. And that's
3: what makes it feel good. So good to watch. What what I love is that like, he's, he's, he's focused entirely on the monitor. He's got no notes. They just focus on monitor. He's going crazy. And then he'll look up because they can't believe what he saw on the monitor. Is that real? You know, like, he gets so into it. I mean, uh, listen, I'm always going to be more into it, uh, watching it, being called by somebody who's into it. That's one of the main reasons that I don't love uh, AEW commentary, because I feel like Jim Rosh would rather be anywhere else but sitting there watching commentary sometimes. And that's uh, that's not my idea of a good time.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you there as well. Um, right with Super Chat says, Vic Joseph not selling the two...
3: Sweet killed me I don't know if I, I think I'm Yeah. Well again That is um, uh, I would think A directive from the corporate side Like that moment Between Adam Cole and Finn Balor Where they two at each other Like that's a major deal from their time in Japan But with a different company in Japan So we're not allowed to talk about it Mauro Rinaldo I guarantee you would have said something about it Because he doesn't care sure. about that crap but True. Joseph was like, "Don't, don't, I, I, hey, sh- 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 kid. Sh- or we'll bust you back down to NXT UK like that."
2: <laughs> yeah, when I first when I initially read that that statement, just then I didn't I didn't read it the way that it was meant to be read. Yes, yeah, when the two of them hit, did the two sweet. Yes, um, I'm with you, Evan. Um, and he Evan also adds that the commentary brought the match down, in his opinion. I think we can kind of say that, just kind of overall, if you're kind of a fan of Morrow and. kind of not as because when i watch the show it's similar to what you just said alex i mean when i watch that show i think like michael cole Vic joseph uh uh, tom phillips you know like these kind of guys who it's like clearly under the michael cole tree they're incredibly professional broadcasters and they are cookie cutter examples of exactly what the wwe wants on commentary and what i like about nxt so much as i'm sure so many of you listen are, are along the same lines is like I like that it's different, and I like that it sounds different, and looks different, and feels different. And um, but yeah, Evan, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I'm, I wasn't huge on the commentary, but at the same time, like I don't think it. I don't think it like ruined anything, but it, it's just it could have been better. I'm with you. Um, Pat Paddleron six with the super chat says, "Morrow is definitely one of a kind. Yeah, it's uh, more more love for Morrow and here in the chat for sure. Um, another super chat, Giannis eighteen point Kumpo says." It kind of felt like a murder mystery with all the red herrings and it turned out the victim killed himself heat clean sweep or hashtag heat clean sweep.
3: I mean like uh for, for one thing it's a cute username um uh if if the refs would call Giannis like they do any other MVP uh he wouldn't be playing only 30 minutes a game because the foul calls they call on him are ridiculous. Um and uh you guys got a got a good got a good win um you very well may win this uh series uh I I doubt it'll be a sweep I don't know what else he said but that's it I'm, I'm not responding to that from this guy right <laughs> yeah I'm not 100% sure she meant by that
2: Giannis um but at the same time uh maybe you meant like the like the main event kind of like uh all, you kind of didn't know where it was heading, and you yeah. kind of pulled in a whole bunch of different directions. I'm not sure. But thank you once again, uh, Giannis, 18.2 for the, uh, for the super chat. We've got a, a few more super chats to get you. Thank you all so much for these. I'll, we'll make sure to address every single one of them. Uh, Marco Dominguez says, sorely c- could have used Mauro calling this a quadruple quagmire. So that would have been Marco's. That's, that's funny. Good one, Marco. I agree with you. Um, JJ Lee says, I don't believe Vic knew about the Bullet Club past. It's not corporate directive. Morrow just knows his stuff. I mean, I, I think that could be possible as well.
3: I mean, listen, if you got somebody calling NXT who doesn't know Bullet Club, True. jeez. <laughs> true.
2: That's that's uh very, very true. Um all right, well, we're caught up on the super chats for now. Once again, keep those rolling in. We'll make sure to address every single one of them. Question, statement, whatever you got. Um, and also, I want to remind everyone, you can catch myself and Alex on Fightful Select. That's the most direct way that you can support Fightful. Um, we have a ton of podcasts over there. I do The Weekender, Alex's Sour Graps, which I put them over every time we talk, which, in my opinion, is the best podcast on the platform. And not only that, it's worth the price of admission to Fightful Select alone for that one podcast. You're not just getting that. You're not just getting The Weekender. You're getting Sean Ross Sapp, You're getting Jimmy Dan. You're getting a bunch of just bonus content, a bunch of exclusives, news. Um, it is, once again, the best way or the most direct way to support Fightful over there at Fightful Select. And um, I promise you, you'll get your money's worth. Um, I was a long time uh, subscriber before I was ever even involved in Fightful myself. So this is coming from somebody who is a fan. And uh, I- I'm speaking from the heart there. It's a really great service that they got over there at Fightful Select. So, Alex, you want to uh, get into the first match here of NXT tonight? Yeah, uh, let's do that. All right, let's 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 do that. Let's let's review the show a little bit. So, we've got a street fight between Legato del Fantasma and Brizango and Isaiah Swerve Scott teaming up. So, we had six man action. Um, Brazil, she's um, the new NXT tag team champions as of was it? I think it was last week, right? When we did the show last. So, um, so yeah, new tag team champs, and of course, Legato del Fantasma has Escobar, who is the current cruiserweight champion. Um, Alex what did you think about this one What do you think about Swerve getting the uh, Essentially the clean pin in the six man over the Cruiserweight champion Who he lost to last week via Loaded mask uh,
3: Yeah the loaded mask <laughs> um, I Loved This match This was low key one of my favorite matches of the Year um, It's certainly definitely way up there On my list of NXT matches To happen you know during the pandemic era i thought all of these spots were so cleverly crafted everything going back like for, like one of the one of the craziest spots in the match happened really early where um somebody had set up a chair you know in between two of the turnbuckles like as a little barrier and Scott like slung irish whipped mendoza in there and he was able to stop himself before he hit the chair, but then he got drop kicked in the butt and sent the top of his head into the chair anywhere, and I was like, "That was really yeah. clever and smooth, and it was a it was a great way to like kick off like oh no 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 we got ideas like there are some ideas that we're gonna do in this, and there was some great stuff. Listen, everything w- was I I really liked everything. I loved that um, that Imperium is pissed uh, at Brizongo. And they're willing to be like, listen, uh, we don't we don't love you guys. Like I'll either. But we all hate Brizongo, Right. So let's also let's beat up Tyler Breeze five on one until a forklift arrives. And I think mean, that 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 moment was just so great because also here we're going to I mean, I'll, I'm going to talk most of tomorrow because I'm going to do my normal Tuesday sour graps. I'm going to do tomorrow because I'm doing this tonight. And I can't do two shows in a row, or I will have no voice. So um, most of tomorrow's Sour Grab show is going to be how much uh, Kevin Dunn sucks and how he can't (laughs) figure out what camera to use ever. Um, And also, or he uses all the cameras. Um, That shot of of the forklift coming into frame from beneath, making it look like it was 30 feet in the air, cut to a camera shot from above the forklift, keeping it looking like it was so high when it was really like a couple of feet taller than the top of the turnbuckles, Right. it was still, it made it look amazing. That's something that you'd never see. And somebody asked me, where, where did they even get a forklift? I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure Eric Rowan sold it to Fandango on the cheap when he got out of WWE. <laughs> Cause it was probably Eric Rowan's forklift from last year. <laughs> I, I thought all of this was great spot after spot after spot. I loved that the right guy got the pinfall on the right guy, c- continuing that cruiserweight championship uh, feud, and I loved, loved, loved um, Escobar getting up in that driver and knowing he was about to get put on the top of his head, and that scream and the big eyes right before he falls down. That's it adds so much. There are certain there were certain guys who know who like will let you know that they know they're in the middle of a move and they're totally effed and i love when guys do that i think it, i think it adds so much to the move and i love the finish
2: i couldn't agree more there was so much good stuff in this one um even the beginning of the match like as Brizango's trying to get in the ring like out of a dolphin tasma attacks them before they can even get in start jumping over the top ropes like it, it got to a fast start and then uh I, I love the ending as well, where they they had the camera right on Escobar's face right before he uh, he took that finish from uh, from Isaiah Swerve Scott. Man, that was really good stuff. Do you think? Um, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, but do you think we're heading towards you know another big showdown between Swerve and Escobar for that cruiserweight title soon?
3: I mean, they they really don't have a lot of. It's not a giant pool of cruiserweights they're using. Like, listen, I'm not. I don't watch 205 Live anymore because it. Depresses me because I remember the the glory days. Tahuti Miles is a major character on that show. Um, like uh, Ever Rise, like the jobberiest of all jobber tag teams, and I'm pretty sure both those dudes are significantly over 205 pounds. They they have a whole storyline over there. They don't right. have like that that they have this wonderful like r- uh, roster of cruiserweights that they could pull from to get guys to actually. Uh, be in contention Um, but they don't right now and so I'm totally fine with Swerve Scott and Escobar having multiple matches I don't know if Scott winds up being the Cruiserweight Champion he may be like a placeholder with a long great feud where he never gets over the top Um, again my pitch is always all these guys who are under the, the limit or near the limit who are up on Raw or SmackDown and you're using them like crap bring them down Bring him down. At least let him let him wrestle a few matches down there. Like there's a guy Chad Gable who's under 205 pounds or right around that limit. Like he had one match on 205 Live against Jack Gallagher. Well, Jack Gallagher uh, last year, but the match ruled, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Next, next uh, cruiserweight champion Chad Gable, and they never did it again. I was like, that he'd be so great. He'd be an entirely different kind of tag team of, of a cruiserweight wrestler. You have no other options right now, and I'm fine with that because I love these two guys. If the feud lasts until like Halloween, I might I might have a problem with it.
2: Right? Yeah, I feel the same exact way. And uh, just once again, y'all, I I cover two hundred five live for the weekender over at Fightful Select, so like it's a show that I follow obviously very closely. And I'm more interested in 205 Live right now than I have been in a long time because of Escobar, because of Legado del Potasma, uh, because I'm a big fan of Isaiah Swerve Scott from his run on the Indies and in Lucha Underground than seeing him do what he's doing. But it also, kind of to your point, Alex, it's a show that I'll be totally transparent. Like it's a show that has very little consequences. Like you're very rarely yeah. going to miss anything that actually really matters in the grand scheme of anything. But if you had a l- have a little extra time to kill, they always have solid wrestling. So it's like, Solid matches, people at least getting something to do. But it is funny, like you mentioned, like Ever Eyes and, and that kind of stuff. There's no tag team division, but they're a tag team and, and like that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. Um, JJ Lee with another super chat says, I agree with you, Alex. They ha- just have slim pickings when it comes to that seat, uh, speaking of commentary. Ah uh, says that I think Morrow would still be there if his mom was okay. Now I did hear that also. I believe that Morrow is in Canada with his mom. I don't know if she's like sick or I, I think she may have been sick for a while and maybe yeah. now it's it's you know so um so that's one of those things with Morrow. Like I'm not saying this as a as a negative, but like companies kind of have to bend over backwards to an extent for Morrow. And I'm not saying it's unjust, but it's just one of those things where like because of Kind of the way that he is, you kind of have to treat him a bit differently than you would probably just treat treat like the average employee. He's a bit more sensitive to certain things and that kind of stuff. And obviously, he's going to be very very close to his family. So if there's if there's anything like that going on with him where he doesn't feel comfortable commentating, like I totally totally understand that. But I also totally understand right, and I also totally understand com- like NXT is in a tough spot too with it. Because, like, if Morrow can't be at the shows and they don't have a lot of heads up, like, they have to be prepared with other commentators and stuff like that. So it's – there's a lot of layers to it. But but at the end of the day, I, I know we're all, you know, fans of his, at least those of us who have who have spoken about it right now. And once again, J.J. Lee, thank you again for that super chat. Um, Evan Wright with another super chat says, Kushida doing nothing is so frustrating. Oh, man, Alex, you got any thoughts on that?
3: What's that? I'm sorry, I missed that
2: um, one. Yeah, Kishida doing nothing is so frustrating.
3: Oh, my God. Like here's the thing, like the, when when they had him in that in that Cruiserweight tournament, I was like, well this is either going to be the next Cruiserweight champion or he's going to get screwed out of it and and wind up like re- like the guy who wins it will be the heel that Kushida wins it from. But they can't even figure out like that. Like Kushida is one of the greatest wrestlers to have ever lived. Like I don't I don't know how I don't know how long that list is and where he is in it, but he absolutely is one of the greatest wrestlers to have ever lived. And to like have nothing for him means that you are bad means that you are bad at your jobs if you can't figure out something for kushida, like like I don't well, he's Japanese, I don't understand the Marty McFly gimmick, then you suck, then you suck <laughs> if you can't figure out something for one of the greatest westerns that ever lived, then you're terrible at your job
2: well, there you go i i uh I got nothing to add to that. I can't agree more obviously uh i was a big fan of his uh new japan work for quite some time and it's been it's kind of he's kind of giving me like hideo itami vibes to a degree where it's like man like do they just not understand what they've signed here but uh then again Tommy did get hurt a bunch like i i gotta at least throw that out there but
3: yeah because has been
2: healthy though right so i don't know what's going well, I mean, on
3: he's had a few injuries but like he's healthy now as far as i know right yeah yeah for sure um
2: what was next on the show? We had Candice LeRae versus I'm so bad with this last name. Always Casey Catanzaro. I'm almost, I think I got it. Um, uh, I will say this, you know, Candice LeRae gets the win and I am infinitely more entertained and interested in Candice LeRae now with the character she's doing now and the look she has now than she did at any other point so far in her NXT run. Um, Alex,
3: what did you think about this match and, uh, getting the win? Yeah, uh, uh, her NXT run before this change was literally Mrs. Gargano. And yet, even after the heel turn and the look changed and everything about her changed, she's still mostly Mrs. Gargano. I think it's kind of hilarious that she can't ever be anything other than Johnny's husband, uh, husband, <laughs> uh <laughs> wife. Um, but I, 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 really, really, I really love uh, Candice Ray, and I'm interested in this whole thing. Like, I know it's a set up. I know she's going to um, invite Tegan Knox over for dinner. For some reason, there's going to be a camera there, but they're not going to acknowledge the camera being there, but it's going to be obviously a cameraman from NXT in the dining room. It's going to be a weird deal. And then she's going to probably try and stab Tegan Knox with a kitchen knife. But uh, but I'm totally here for it because it's going to lead to Tegan Knox versus uh, Candice LeRae. Uh, match, is, match is fine. I love that, that uh, uh, Candice LeRae has that vicious – vicious finish i think it's just so great for her like the poison pixie to have this match that literally just tries to murder somebody (laughs) like it's just great um uh, yeah i'm 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 here for this candace and and tegan thing i also like that you have a a, a, the casey and caden um team that is consistent even though they never actually really have tag team matches but they're always out there together it's something together they're doing Caden Carter is being rumored as somebody who's going to be part of Retribution when they, when they unmask she'll be one of them um, the reason I bring that up is that I always want there to be some measure of consistency from NXT character to main roster character when they get called up. so I my hope is they're keeping Caden Carter out there Doing, uh, hanging out with Casey Catanzaro so she she just keeps getting on TV um, and like the NXT before the reveal of um, Retribution if she's part of it she just snaps and goes off and beats the ever living piss out of Casey Catanzaro for no reason and we have no idea why and then we realize oh she's been hiding that she's this part of the evil faction this whole time and now we see it because if she goes from like being Casey Sorrow's best friend and oh my gosh, kick out girl, kick out, oh darn, it's okay. I'm, I'm giving you a hug. If she goes from that to being like part of <laughs> evil retribution. Then I'm like, what are you like she's not gonna change her name or anything? She's just gonna be the same thing, but they're gonna completely change her character. I don't want that. I don't want that at all.
2: Yeah, I feel like we're going to see that with a lot of people. Like, I feel mm. like it's going to be all these kind of people that, like, I, we... I agree. Yeah,
3: we're familiar with their gimmicks, and, like, we know who they are, or at least most of them. Like, DiJack, I'm I'm fine with DiJack being part of it and being that, because he was always kind of... Even if when he was a babyface in, in NXT, he was kind of a tweener anyway. And he's been gone for a while. But the people who are consistently on TV and then, hey, we're different things now because we're on a different night of the week. Eh, I don't like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and then you also have the ninjas too, where like Malcolm Bivens is like clearly one of them, and I'm like, what are you doing with this guy? Like this is so much. Well, There's you, you could again. just
3: you could just stop. What are you doing with the ninjas? Like <laughs> Akira Tozawa shows up at a pay per view as a ninja, and they've never literally never given any reason why he became a ninja other than he's <laughs> Japanese, and all Japanese people are ninjas, like. Uh, that's more than slightly just <laughs> So, like, let's not. Yeah, the ninjas is all bad. It's all just a bad thing. I wonder if they'll
2: uh, include any of those evolve recent evolve signings in Retribution. I wonder if if any of them will be in there. I'm kind of kind of curious about that as well. I'm a big Kurt Stallion fan, um, and I'm I'm really sure. really. Yeah, I'm, I'm hope, but I, but I don't know. Like I don't, I'm
3: not into retribution. So it's one of those things where like no, I don't know. Like I no, don't. Nobody's into retribution. Like <laughs> the, the, the retribution. Here is how important that whole thing is. Like last night, I haven't watched it yet because I only watched the edited ninety minute version of Hulu. Then before I actually do the podcast, I go in and find all the stuff on my DVR that they edited out. One of the things they edited out was all of retribution coming in and beating up. Like the Street profits, the current tag team champions and Andrade, and then the Andre Garza pissing off, and running away. They that was a huge deal. Like th- this, this faction that shows up and beats up people is such a big deal that you said, yeah, you can go ahead and edit that out of your ninety minute broadcast. That's not really important. Whatever, man. This attribution thing is such. It's so bad already. Unreal. Um,
2: a big group of jabronis, which by the way is now in the dictionary. It so. is. Um. Moving on on NXT, we had Rhea Ripley challenging Mercedes Martinez to a steel cage. Yeah, we can give that a clap. That's uh, yeah. Oh, I'm so ready
3: for this. Yeah. yeah. Is that is that going to be next week on Super Tuesday 2?
2: I think so because Marcy, I was have a hard time with her name too. Mercedes Martinez. Um, She you know, obviously accepted the match later in the show, so um, they're clearly trying to make a big deal out of these Super Tuesdays, and I would have to imagine that's going to be – uh that's got to be next week and and that is that is a hell of a matchup right there. I'm very happy for that
3: one. Yeah, no, Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez in a steel cage is everything I want provided that Rhea Ripley goes over because we need to keep moving her forward as opposed to like she's like she says she's a total badass and then something happens where she 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 loses a match or she doesn't look great and then she keeps saying she's a total badass. Eventually everyone's going to not believe her. But she is a total badass, so stop stop making her be a liar, and actually give her this really strong win over Mercedes Martinez, and then move her as far away from the Robert Stone brand as you could possibly go.
2: Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, next match we had Bronson Reed and Timothy Thatcher. Um, this has been interesting. This whole booking with Bronson Reed to me because like he beats Damian priest Mm -hmm. like pre ladder match like one-on-one clean from my to my remembrance of it um and now of course damian priest is the north american champion bronson reed goes out and obviously like they're they're doing something between bronson reed and austin theory which we can talk about him as well um so basically this match, you know, it was a good match, good hard hitting match. I always enjoyed Timothy Thatcher's work. I like that. Yeah, he's sure. just, uh, they, I think commentary just always refers to him as a grinder, which is a pretty accurate. Um, he, and I love the fact that he just doesn't get dental work, do, work done. He just doesn't like, he He looks like a dude who wants to get punched in the face and like, wants to fight you. And, and um, I like this and I like Thatcher winning. And I think it all made sense with Austin theory coming out and attacking him and all that stuff. He worked the arm, yada, yada. Um, but it is, I, I feel like are, are they heading, you think, towards like another multi person match between like Thatcher,
3: Bronson, and Priest or something with like these guys kinda 50-50-50 booking each other? I think you might get a triple threat for the number one contendership to, to Priest, you know? Like I think that might be something that they go to. Um, or Thatcher might get the first shot. Uh, and then, you know, you, you get a, a little mini Reed versus theory feud, and that leads into one of them getting a title shot. Um, the, the North American champion has basically been absent, like yeah, since, that's from
2: since, social media. Yeah, you
3: know. So, so I mean, he's he's he, he became champion, and this is what they like to do. They're like, "Hey, look here's here's your push, so you can become champion." Then you have the next three weeks off of TV. Like I, well, that's not a great way to capitalize on your new champion. Like, um, right. it, 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 but, um, listen, all all things about. Austin Theory aside, like, you know, outside of the ring, um, aside, uh, I'm, I'm, I'd be fine with, uh, Bronson Reed, you know, uh, beating the
0: hell out of him and, and
3: Austin Theory showing that he's got, um, you know, he's tough enough to hang with a guy the size of Bronson Reed. When And then Bronson Reed ultimately beats him. That's important. Um, but I also really liked this match for what it was. I love that Thatcher literally like he, he found an exploit um, and he kept just kept wrenching on that arm until it was over and he, like because he's just he's a he's a, he's a dog that you got just gets a hold of you and he's not going to let go those jaws those jaws are clamped shut that's it um you can keep you can keep beating on him but he's just going to keep coming back to that arm and i love that reed was just so powerful but just couldn't quite get it done um i love also i loved Thatcher selling um getting hit during that that suicide dive, selling it as though he had burst an eardrum. I've never heard. I don't know if he actually did, but like I've never seen anybody like make a uh, make a very specific choice that is like I'm gonna sell getting hit in the head as though my ear is ringing and I don't know if it's bleeding or not. Like that's a really cool idea for how to sell. Um, and, and also, like he was always shaking out the cobwebs. Like I, I thought that was great. And the whole time he had. Um, Reed in that in that fi- final armbar, he was still. You could tell trying to like sell the fact that he's, his ear is ringing. I think that's great. Thatcher's a natural. I I love watching him. I love that he sells for the big dudes, but still like goes for the limbs. I think that's great. I think I think Reed uh, has a really bright future. I think he's a future North American champion. I think that that um. I don't know what his ceiling is in a Vince-led promotion. Like if he gets called up. Is he just gonna be like the heel fat guy who loses a lot? Eh. Is he gonna be the heel Australian Otis? Like are they gonna give him hey, he's fat, watch him jiggle. Like I, I mean I don't I don't know what they're gonna do with him, but I, but I love watching him wrestle.
2: Yeah. Um he kind of reminds me of the guy on the UK brand, uh what's his name? Dan Mastiff. Dan Mastiff. Yes. Yeah, Dave Mastiff. Oh, Dave Mastiff, that's it. I was I was like in between two different people's names there. Um how they kind of even with like the camera, like when he like stomps around and stuff, they're kind of like shaking the camera and stuff. Like he's like this big um his 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 Titan Tron reminds me of like the Stay Puft Marshmallow man from like Ghostbusters, where he's like walking around the city and he like he's humongous and um and I like the way that he works too because like that I like how both him and Thatcher were because there were even points of this match where like Thatcher's on the on his back and like MMA style, like w- what you would see in like an actual fight where Bronson's standing there and Thatcher's trying to kick him in the leg on his way up, and instead Bronson just jumps his sentons right on Yeah, him. Yeah. I mean, this is that's it's just good stuff i mean that's that's what i want to see in pro wrestling and then the struggle at the end like you mentioned the way that the way that bronson he didn't just throw him right in a Fujiwara arm bar he he really like they were rolling around he was working the limbs he was changing direction he was changing his grip and the position and everything i mean um this was good this was really good stuff um and i i'm very much looking forward to seeing what both these guys do next um yeah. I don't know if you want to touch on the theory thing as far as just like the perspective of like is it strange is it strange to see that he's on NXT after being pushed on Raw these things outside of wrestling happen and now he's like on NXT instead of Raw is that strange uh, to you?
3: I I think that he um they they they're confused about what he is. He's very young. Right. He's very young. And if you look over on AEW um, they, have, they have a bunch of young, young guys there who uh, are going to blossom and grow there. And I'm sure when, when guys like MJF and Sammy Guevara and, and uh, Jungle Boy are 27, 28, 29, as opposed to 22 and 23, what they're going to be is going to be pretty crazy. Um, so Austin Theory is super young, and he is very talented. He's definitely got the look that Vince loves. Um, but they don't know if they can yet make money with him. So they're going to, they have to send him back down to NXT to get some seasoning, see what he's got. Um, maybe, hopefully they're keeping an eye on his social media. Uh, (laughs) they've got, they've got the passcode to his Instagram. Um, and they can check, check and see who he's been DMing, um, uh, but I think they're willing to give him a second chance because let's be honest, they're giving everybody second chances except for the NXT UK guys. And really screw those guys. Nobody in the States knows who Travis Banks is anyway, get the, him the hell out of here. Um, so like that, that's, that's, that's what I, what I believe is that they're, they're willing to give him that second chance and see what they have with him. They believe for a fact, they can make a ton of money with Matt Riddle. So, hey, let's just do this thing. He says he was just cheating on his wife, and that's not so bad. In fact, let's make it a storyline with him and King Corbin. That'll be fine. Let's do that. Let's do that because they know for a fact they can make money with Matt Riddle as long as everybody forgets about all the, you know, rape allegations. Now, they don't know. Now, the, the rape allegations that he said, she said, he just cheated on his wife, he's a bad husband, maybe he'll get better, is a lot different than, hey, um, I like to find teenagers uh, on social media and see if maybe they'll send me some nudes and I can send them a nude. So the whole Velveteen Dream thing is is very different. They also think... They could make a ton of money with Velveteen Dream eventually. And he's another young guy. They don't want to like, let slip through their fingers so that somebody else with less, with a lot, not a lot of scruples signs him, grooms him, to use a, a term that actually fits. And, and, and he becomes a huge star elsewhere. They, th- what, what this is, is this is, to me, Vince's MO has always been, um, I don't care if I don't want to play with all the toys. I want them. So you can't have them. He's a toddler who's like playing with the train set. And then some other toddler comes over and wants to play with the blocks. And then he says, no, the blocks are mine too. And that's what he does with his entire roster until he decides, well, I know this person's bugging me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of them. Only if I think none of the other toddlers will want to play with them. Maybe even I'll, like, I'll, I'll, I'll play with them in a way that will make the other toddlers not want to play with them. Like that's basically what, what Vince does all the time, but it's different with certain guys he thinks he could make money off of. And I, I I don't think that they know yet what they're going to do with Austin Theory. The the whole thing with him, like being like absconded from raw, where he was a part of Seth state stable. And now he's just back on NXT without a word about what happened. It shows to me that they really don't know what the hell they're doing with him either.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I totally agree. that's a definitely a situation with a lot of layers to it and something that uh yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens going forward with Austin awesome Theory. Um Zach Connor with another super chat says, I'm just waiting to see Dunver versus Thatcher. Um, I mean, yeah, that'll be really good. I don't know like when that'll happen or how like I don't know with kind of the status of like the guys from the UK being able to to wrestle the guys well, from the States' is and everything. Yeah,
3: they're they're gonna start taping stuff in the UK. And to me, like the the guys who are stuck in the in the UK who were NXT guys but are in the UK are just gonna just wrestle in UK matches until they get the go ahead to be able to come come over to the states. Um, But yeah, Pete Pete Dunn, like, and again, old NXT would have made it a storyline for weeks leading up to the match. Dunn getting revenge on Thatcher for breaking up the Broserweights and all that kind of stuff. Like, it would have been a major deal. I don't know if by the time Dunn um, is available to wrestle in the States, if they even have a Dunn versus Thatcher match, because that's old news. That's a storyline we did, like, six months ago, and we're probably not going to bring it up. But, like, it's there to be had, to have a great match, to have beat Dunn get revenge on behalf of his old broserweight, Matt Riddle, to, by by beat by making Thatcher tap out in the fight pit. Like, there's a great thing to be had there, that I don't think they're going to do.
2: Yeah. I think you're totally right about that. And, and I love the fight pit. Like that was something where that's, that's where I really realized how invested they were in Thatcher. Like when they had him just beat, I mean, it was a clean win. I mean, obviously like he used the cage and all that stuff, but it was totally legal within the confines of the match. And the way that they put Thatcher over on riddles rails way, you know, to NXT, um, I'm, I yeah uh, I I can't say enough good things about him and Pete Dunn, someone I've been high on for, I mean, since the first time I saw him and somebody that and the story is all there and I hope that they capitalize on that. Um, so what we have next is a hour long four man NXT title match. And before we start talking about it, I kind of want to preface it by just throwing this out there once again, super chats are going to be the way for us to make sure to get your statement out there and any questions you have about this, because there's a lot going on in this match. Um, There was obviously um, the finish was going to be very polarizing, what people like or dislike about it. So if you want your voice heard any amount of super chat, we'll make sure to do that. So let's just jump into this. Um, Now, as we said at the top of the show, this match, these guys went, for an hour straight and it was them going hard for an hour straight this wasn't like this, this the pedal was was down the, to the gas and they were they were speeding the entire time and um as i said at the top of the show as well it was one of these matches where we were a half hour in and i was literally like i came into my office here to start getting set up for the podcast because i'm like oh i got to make sure everything's you know we're good to go for the show because we're gonna have to get started here in a minute and then i realized there's still a half hour left in the match and i'm like oh my gosh there this is this has been pretty darn good um, first fall of the match was Finn Balor hitting a coup de gras onto Adam Cole. Um, any thoughts on kind of what was going on in this match leading up to that first fall? Cause we saw like people running around the ring. We saw, we saw flips, dives and everything you could think of before even the first fall happened.
3: Right now, this is, this is really laid out. The really well laid out the whole first half of the match is just these guys testing the waters on each other, hitting big moves and then got moves being kicked out of. Like you like I thought it was gonna be like five four four four. That's what I thought it was gonna be by the it's a sixty-minute Iron Man match and there's dudes everywhere. People are gonna get random pinfalls out of like all, all kinds of stuff. And and people are gonna are gonna be like, Okay, well listen, I'm I'm stuck in this Fujiwara arm bar and it's 20 minutes into the match. I'm gonna tap now so my arm doesn't get broke and I'm out of the match for the rest of the night. Like that that made sense to me that you were gonna have a lot of pinfalls. The way they did it. Is probably more along the lines of of how they would you would expect them to do it, but I did love that this again. These are four consummate professionals. These are four of the, the like I called it the Mount Rushmore match because I mean I don't know who you put on there besides one of these guys. I mean there are guys you you could you could name them and I and I you would say Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, you know uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe. Those are all guys that I'd be like, yes, I agree. They're right there, but I don't know which one of these four guys I take off to put one of those four guys on. So you really, is the, is the Mount Rushmore actually eight heads and it's those eight guys. Then you got an an argument, people like, Oh, you throw these people in there and these people like, no, no, no. To me, I'm watching these four guys and they, they, they all implicitly, if not explicitly, know each other so well. They've had so many matches against each other. Like, it's just, these guys are able, and I I really want to know, like how much of this was just completely called in the ring by these four guys, like just knowing, here's like, I know where I've got to be because I never miss a spot like that. Guys breaking up pinfalls, guys being where they need to be on dives, all this kind of stuff. It was all set up so perfectly so you could have the first half hour with no pinfalls and still I was on the edge of my seat.
2: Yes. Yes. And, and, and it's also one of those things where like, these guys are getting like beaten down, like they're getting beaten down for that first half hour. So it's one of those things where also like, theoretically speaking, like kind of logically speaking, really any move should, like I, I expect to see finishing moves, get pinfalls. Like that's what I'm conditioned to do as a wrestling fan. But every now and then if someone gets beat up bad enough, I'm like, you know what, maybe a hard enough clothesline, will take them out. You know what I mean? Like, and that's how I felt during this match. Um, we got to a point where, you know, uh Balor was the only one who had who had a pinfall at one point. And then we get to um Champa being the one to hit the story tale, the the story, why why am I fairy tale ending? Jeez, um, hits the move and and Gargano slides in and steals the pinfall for the second fall. So like there what do you think at this point? So it's like, you know, obviously our Gargano is kind of being like, kind of the slimy heel in this situation. But at the end of the day, we kind of had four heels in this match, a couple of years, but but I expected to see a lot of heelish stuff. And this was the first like really big heel move that I saw here was Gargano stealing that pinfall.
3: And I love that he stole it from Ciampa. Like I love that Champa did all the work to get that pinfall, and then just stuck out snakes in there, shit cans him to the outside, and gets the pinfall. And I love his his face up. He knew what he did was a chicken shit thing to do. He doesn't care. Like I, I think that like like again, we, we talk about these guys and everything, and Gargano going from the whitest of white wheat baby faces to the slimiest little ah, oh, you cockroach! I just want to squish you. That kind of heal that's hard to do to be able to do both those things so well. And he does both those things so well. And I'm I'm I, I thought it was a really great way of uh, telling that story. All of these guys' personal stories, like individually, not even like the relationship between like Gargano and Ciampa or Cole and and and, uh, and Finn, not even that, but just like individually. This they each were them, each of them were true to their character. And there's like a way to be like, okay, we got all four heelish guys in there. It's easy for them to all kind of blend together. No, 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 no. Like, like Ciampa was vicious and, and Gargano was, um, was opportunistic and slimy. And Balor was was super athletic but ruthless. And, and Cole was like a, a hybrid of all four. Like, I, I, and I just thought it was really, really great how they could do all of that together. And again, mesh this whole thing together so well. And the the thing I keep coming back to is people who are upset about the non-finish. And I'm like, I'm fine with it because I enjoyed the journey so much. And I know we're still going to get a great one-on-one match that is like, that they're not going to bring it up. But it obviously has years of history spanning two companies behind it. Like, that's really, really great. Yes,
2: uh, J.J. Lee chiming in with the super chat says, "I assumed the worst because of the spoiler." Well, we're assuming most people didn't have the spoilers, but uh, so you knew going into it. Um, and it says, "But the match rocked, and the finish was so well was done so well that he didn't mind it." Uh, it says two huge matches next week, and I believe we're referring to the Mercy, Mercy, Mercedes Martinez and Rhea yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Ripley match on top of that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more there. Um, so moving on this match, man, we got we had Adam Cole getting that next pinfall at the Panama Sunrise onto Johnny Gargano. Um, so now we're at you know one to one to one with Champa being the only one without a pinfall. But that changes pretty quickly because Champa um, then hits, I believe it was another fairy tale ending onto onto Adam Cole. I think Adam Cole took the first three pinfalls as a matter of fact. Um, aside from pinning Bow, Bal- aside from pinning, aside from Bowler pinning Gargano, I think. Adam Cole took all the other falls up to this point, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, um, so then we're, we're all tied up one to one to one to one. And I think that's about at around the halfway point, if I remember correctly, once again, so it's one of these things where it's like, it's all tied up and we still know there's a lot of match left, but like we've been saying, these guys just, they just went all out. One critique that I have, I want—I just want to get your opinion on this because I've never actually talked about this on any podcast ever before, and it's very its very minimal, but it's just something that bugs the heck out of me, and I don't know if others agree. Why do they call Finn Balor's 1916, the 1916 when he does it the reverse way? Like every other move in history is like – has a different name yeah. if you speak it a little bit, but his is the 1916 no matter how he does it, and I, I just really –
3: it bugs me. Yeah, no. I, I they they should call it the sixty one ninety one.
2: Right, the reverse,
3: right? Exactly. Yeah, or or the sixteen nineteen. You know, I don't know. Maybe there's something terrible happened in sixteen nineteen in Ireland. I don't know. I have to check out the the history books. <laughs> um, the, the Celts ran 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 rough dry. I don't know. I'm I'm uh, yeah. I that is I I feel you because I certainly have my own pet peeves. Uh, <laughs> I based an entire podcast around them. <laughs> But um, but that's not one of mine. Your particular one is not one of mine. But I I I, I feel for you. Yes, and I understand them not calling it the bloody Sunday like what he called it, you know, back in the day. I bad. Again, oh no, we can't call it the right. bloody Sunday because there's blood in it. What are the kids gonna think? I mean, right. kids get bloody noses all the time. It's uh, it's about it's about, a, it's about a little boy who got a bloody nose on a Sunday when he went to church and he had to wear a different shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's what you tell your kid. I'm sorry. So, you know,
2: obviously, I mean, there's, there's so much happened in this match. Um, these guys were just just killing each other out there. Um, we get to the point where it's all tied up, one to one to one to one. Uh the match is starting to wrap up. We're at a point where, you know, it's it's getting close. Gargano is 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 out on the top rope. I mean, he's just kind of hanging there. Champa is trying to set him up for something big, and he gets him up in his um the Celtic cross um what air raid crash air raid crash yeah. um jumps off the ropes nails it similar to how he has like when he had like Gargano on the uh on the uh announced desk like years back and like jumped off and I mean it's one of his deadly moves is like when he's jumping off of something with that air raid crash that's a big deal he hits it but right as he hits it Finn Balor with another coup de gras to get the pin with almost no time left so we've got Baller up with two wins, everyone else with one, and then I don't know if kind of the story here is Balor just like thought time was about to expire, so he was just celebrating because part of me wants to believe like Ben, you haven't heard the bell yet. Look around to make sure like no one's like no one else is there, and so I didn't really like that. For, but 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 it all it all makes sense because he's sitting there celebrating and from behind with no time left, Adam Cole hits that last shot, goes for the pin. And I've seen people in the chat, um, and I'll, I'll address this. Um, I would imagine there was a little bit of editing done to make sure that that added. Sure. <laughs> this is, this is, I'm,
3: <laughs> I'm I'm willing to 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 let that go. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that, that's fine. Okay. This is the story is that Adam Cole got the final pinfall with one second remaining on the clock. I'm totally fine with that. If it had been live and they had done it with three seconds left on the clock. I'm fine with that. If they had been live and had been like, and it would actually gone to zero for like a half a second before the buzzer sounded, I'd be fine with that too. Because all of the moving parts that have to be there for this thing, for for for, for Champa to hit the air raid crash at the exact right time, to for 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 um, uh, for, for, for Ballard to hit the coup de grace at the exact right time, to get the pinfall with. And this is one of those things I was I was watching it. You know how you're watching football. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, uh, the opposing team um, scores a touchdown to go up by two points with, like, 48 seconds left. And you go, no, 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 they left him too much time. Brady's going to go down there and get a field goal. You just know it's going to happen. Um, that was the, my first thought was when they hit the pin, the pinfall and, 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 and Finn went up by, by one pinfall with, like, 12 seconds of it. The, there's too much time on the clock. There's too much time on the clock. And I love that there's no clock in that arena. Like, I didn't see one. So there's no way Balor could know. There's no, nobody's counting down for him. He thinks he, he won, or that there's probably a minute left on the clock. He has no idea. Better so that point. I I I loved all of this. Uh, the ref has to get in perfect position to make that final call. All of it. I thought it was great. One one spot that I didn't that I make sure we don't miss because because I love again how it tells little stories of everybody is uh, Ciampa doing the double willows bell on on Cole and Gargano and then rolling Cole over to Pin him while Gargano was just lifeless laying still in the second rope i thought that was such great character work cuz of that's cuz if if that had been Finn there's i wouldn't have liked it if that had been Cole even i wouldn't have liked it it had to have been Gargano and it was such a perfect sell of that particular move in that particular situation which is why he wasn't able to break up that pinfall because he was still unconscious tied up in the second rope i thought that was great and there was so many of those little things throughout the entire show
2: yeah there's even like the spot i really liked when balor was just jumping off the ropes and just stomping uh i think it was whoever, whoever the two on the ground were at the time uh probably i can't remember who was on the ground at the time but he was literally just jumping up in the air springing off the bottom rope and just yes, taking that the turn. Good. stomp 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 only thing I didn't like about it is I didn't try to pin either of them after that. Like you hit them with like twenty each, like at least at least attempt the pinfall. But at the, that is nitpicking at its finest. Like I'm not expecting him to win off of that, but it would have been it would have been nice to like you know because we see all that and then I'm pretty sure they went to commercial like right after and I'm like
3: yeah there were a lot out. there were a lot of ads and I understand it's a full hour but they did a good job with the with the um, with the picture in picture. It was just like one of those things where. Um, every time I felt like, okay, here's, it's picking up. And it did, you were watching the, the inset. And um, I, I was like, this is actually really compelling, but if you're not actually really paying attention to that upper left quadrant of your screen, you have no idea it's going on.
2: Yeah. Um, anything else about this match you want to touch on? Like, I mean, I mean, obviously there's well, so
3: much to the, it. But... This, no, this is great. Cause they don't know what to do. And I, 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 I think, I wish they had had, I don't know how you do it differently specifically, but I did think it was funny that um, the the score is at the end of the hour, two, two, one, one. The guys with two are tied. So it doesn't make any sense to me that Cole and Balor would be like, I'm the champion. I'm the champion. <laughs> like, like Cole, your final pinfall, because it happened in the last three seconds doesn't count as two pinfalls. Like you tied it up. Like, I mean, you could Balor could say that came too late. You know what I mean? Right. Or or Cole could say, I got it in just under the thing, so we're tied. Right. But Cole can't say, I'm the champion. Like that, none of none, there's no scenario in which you're the champion. There's a scenario in which you didn't get the pinfall in time, and there's a scenario in which you did. Either you're not the champion or you're tied. And if you're tied, you're not the champion. Um, but I do love, I, I love William Regal, and I'm I'm so glad to see him back live because all those little Zoom calls he was doing just didn't do it for me. Being him to come down to hold the, the thing and like in the in the moment have the have the thing like, all right, here's what we're doing next week on Super Tuesday two. We're going to have one more match, one pinfall to the finish. Like that's just a match. Like one <laughs> pinfall to the finish is just a match. I don't know why, but but he, the way he says it makes me believe that not all matches are one pinfall to the finish. I mean, some aren't, but a normal match. He's describing a normal match. Sudden death, gentlemen, <laughs> sudden death. All pinfalls are <laughs> usually sudden death. You don't get like, I want to two out of three falls match, but then you would actually have to call it that. Um, I will say this, that I am sorely disappointed in NXT, that they're calling it Super Tuesday 2, and not something more clever like Super Deuce Day. You know what I mean? You know, or yeah. super 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 t- Tuesday. Like what? What is whatever it is? Or 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 maybe it is Super Tuesday, but it, you actually write it out T W O's Day. You know, maybe they, oh. they you write it as Super. It, when you hear it, it still sounds like Super Tuesday, but when you see it written out, it's still Super Tuesday. I don't know, but Super Tuesday too is literally the least <laughs> interesting way you could say it. Super taboo Tuesday. Yeah, there you go.
2: Uh, where the fans don't get to choose the matches. Um, no, that's true. I, I did. I did find it a little. I mean, once again, this is nitpicking. I liked all this, by the way. Like, I liked all this. I'm not. I'm not down on this at all. But like, same kind of thing when like, you know, we were talking about regal, it's sudden death and blah blah blah. And next week for the title, I was kind of surprised that like Balor and Cole were both just like, yeah, cool, yeah, sudden death, yeah, next week. I'm going to see. And they're like, not just being. Like, no, we need to settle this right now. We just went an entire hour we're we have killed ourselves now we, are, we we should finish this now but instead i mean obviously they're going to next week i'm excited for next week and i believe it'll be both of us next week again as yeah as well so next tuesday you can catch me and alex again um alex is there any kind of final thoughts you have on this show before we kind of wrap it up here
3: it's interesting that there that of the of the four the guys that i thought were most most likely to win were finn and champa I did not think that that they were going to go Gargano again, and I didn't think that so quickly after having lost it they were going to go Cole. So it coming down to Balor and Cole means to me it's it's Balor's got to win that match, right? So so yeah. the match itself is going to be great, but Balor's got got to win that match. You can't go back to Cole after Cole just lost. You know the, the I don't I don't know like. And, uh, but but if they do it, maybe they've got some kind of long term plan. Maybe he'll be a transitional champion, and Pat McAfee will become your new long term four hundred day champion. Um, I I'm, I'm interested. Um, I I I don't know what you do with Champa now. It, he definitely keep him the hell away from Gargano. We don't need any more of that. It yeah. was it was cute to see them like have that almost standoff and then get chucked out um, before they had the 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 too sweet, too sweet off. Um, but I don't need to see any more of it. So I don't know if Ciampa, like, busts down the card and is going for 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 Priest. But they've already got a whole lineup that goes for Priest. I don't know what you do with Ciampa, but he's white hot as a heel after coming back last week and wrecking Jake Atlas. And um, listen, they bill him as 201 pounds. That man is, is granite. There's no way he weighs 201 pounds. He weighs 215 at least, at least. But if he's billed at 201 pounds, he fits the description. Have him be Cruiserweight Champion and just wreck everybody because they're way too small for him. I don't know, but they, you can't you can't just have him come back, destroy Jake Atlas as a, as a means of saying, I have returned, I am here, put him in this match, have him finish out of the running, and then what? You got to have something. I don't know what it is, but you got to have something for him
2: yeah i still remember first round of the cruiserweight classic yes first gargano um he's gained a lot of muscle yeah in oh, five years sure oh, sure. four sure. years a lot of muscle very fair very fair um and uh i also want to throw it out there too like we didn't see the undisputed error come out and try to help adam cole tonight in, in a match where there's no disqualifications so i thought that was interesting and i do think I sound like a broken record to anybody who watches any of my shows, listens to any of my podcasts, has seen me here on Fightful, anywhere else. You probably already know where this is going. If Adam Cole wins the title again, which I I think Finn Balor will, but I would love a scenario where Adam Cole wins that title and then Kyle O'Reilly challenges him for it. Like, I want to see something happen with Undisputed Era They've started to put Kyle in a couple singles matches. I want to see that push very badly. And they had such great matches in Ring of Honor, Adam Cole and, and Kyle O'Reilly, that I really want to see them one-on-one in an NXT main event. So that's kind of be my consolation there. But I, 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 I do expect Bauer to win. But I feel like if the Undisputed Era does break up to some extent, that Adam Cole champion could be interesting.
3: Yes, uh, I I agree. It depends on on what they do with him. Uh, They have to have a a real storyline planned out with with serious beats to go back to Adam Cole after a 400-day reign, after losing it to Keith Lee, who then lost it to Karrion Cross. like going right back to to, to Cole after two basic transitional champions, uh, when he doesn't have to beat either of those guys in order to get back the championship, seems a little odd. Um, Balor... Becoming NXT champion again, but this time is a wildly different baller. To me, presents so many more opportunities for things.
2: Yeah, I agree. Well, man, we made it through another one today. And uh, no technical issues.
3: So I'm, That's I'm good.
2: happy about that. No technical issues. Let's clap that up. Um, Alex, before we get out of here, man, make sure everyone knows where to find you at.
3: Yes, uh, you can follow me at um, Alex Sourgraps on the Twitter. Uh, and, uh, tomorrow night I will be doing my normal Tuesday sour graps, uh, where I'll be talking about, uh, raw and about much of, uh, much of payback, uh, and, and just, just shitting all over Kevin Dunn.
2: (laughs) There you go. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at fight talk underscore that's F I G H T T A L K underscore. Um, I got some live chats coming up uh, with some different uh, YouTube channels and stuff like that. And I do some uh, MMA video edits and stuff for some channels and whatnot. So anything that I do, podcasting and whatnot, uh, I just try to keep that updated on my Twitter. Try to keep that, like, as a little hub for just letting y'all know. I'm not huge on social media anymore. Like, I don't, I'm don't, i not big on, like, inst- using Instagram and all this. But I try to just throw some stuff out there on Twitter that I think y'all might like. So once again, that's Fight Talk underscore. Um, I'll be back here again with Alex next Tuesday to talk about NXT super tu- Tuesday um so uh so y'all have a good one we'll see you next week
1: bye everybody